Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week, we're reading Boy in the Mirror by Robert J. Dupere. This is book one in the Infinity Trials series, which, as far as I can tell, is a direct sequel to Infinity War. Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. Hey, I'm Shane Burklow. And this week we're reading a book called Boy in the Mirror by Robert J. Dupere. Ooh. Or Dupere? Mm, Dupere. Like all pair. I like Dupere. This book sounds maybe a little spooky. I can relate. Oh. Well, when I look in the mirror, I see a young boy. You're famously vain, so it makes <laughs> sense. You have mirrors everywhere in your place. Yeah, on the ceilings, there's cameras. It's weird, man. So before we get into the I synopsis. I like to see myself smile. Okay. And before, <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. What do you say in the morning? Flash me that brilliant smile, boy. Yep. And then my smile twinkles in the mirror. Yeah. And it makes a sound. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I can hear it right now. Um, <laughs> before we get into the synopsis of this book, we got a voicemail this week. And we're forced to play it because we said we would. Them's right? the rules is what is written on the uh, cork board next to our recording studio. Hey, guys. This is Pete. Love the show. Hey, I got a question. Do you ever think that maybe some of the writers whose names are female might actually be pen names for male writers? Because a lot of the books are pretty misogynistic and I just have my doubts. Love the show. Ganesha's always right. Bye. That's a great point, Pete. I think a lot of the books are just misogynistic generally. Yeah, I mean, we can never really know what to expect with the books. I feel like we try to call it out or whatever. Yeah, I uh, mean, we we don't know what we're getting into. And then we've come across some like pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, but then again, that's like the hazards of reading what anybody can publish on the internet. Yeah, I, I think a thing that we do and we don't really like include on this podcast is like we look at these author profiles and they are, regardless of if they're real or not or whatever, They're crazy. Like, they're, like, just pretty whacked out profiles. Some of them are cool. And I also feel like a lot of the books we read are, on the whole, positive. Yeah, most are pretty harmless. Most are just, like, someone's interested in something. But, yeah, Pete's got a point. Anyway, the real thing I want to touch on in this voicemail is when he says Ganesh is always right. Because that is... Shocking. Honestly, you don't want to say that kind of thing Why not? on a recording. Because it diminishes nearly anything else you said. I don't... That's an unreliable narrator, says Ganesh is always right. I mean, people just tend to agree with me. I'm the everyman's host. Huh. Hmm. Well, anyway, Pete, with the rare duel right and wrong. Good point. Terrible ending. Ganesh is never right. Let's hear the synopsis. Are you right-handed? He's ambidextrous, I think. I sure am. He, you are? Mm-hmm. Ambide- That's bizarre. You know who's ambidextrous? Only people with massive egos. What do you need both hands for? What does that even mean? I feel like you're not... I feel like the only people who are like, I'm ambidextrous are people who are like, I cannot be content. I didn't even say hand. that. You did. You said I was. I've heard you say it before. You're talking all the time about how you're ambidextrous. So you can eat a fork with both hands? It is on my business card. <laughs> can you spin spaghetti into twirls on a fork with both hands at once? It's amazing to see. Yeah, it's mostly just one activity, but... Yeah. <laughs> Explain a lot. Well, there's two activities, but we can't get into the second one. 
baseball? In a way. All right. Hey, what do we do on this podcast, Austin? Fuck you. We, God. Do you forget? No, but it's like, if you made it this far, you probably know, right? Anyway, what we do on this podcast is we read a free ebook from Amazon Prime. We read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page of the book. And then that's it. That's the end of the podcast. That's it? That's it. What do we do? I go to sleep right here in my chair. We power off like in Bicentennial Man when the Robin Williams robot goes to sleep at night. That's what we do after the show. You know, I never saw that. You gotta see it. And you know why? Why? You know why? Hmm. It just didn't have that Robin Williams flair that I wanted. Well, you haven't seen it, so how could you know? It does. It has the the flair. It has the flair. Actually, we... uh, It it has flair. We're talking more or less flair than Jack. Probably a little bit less, but more than one hour photo. When we moved in together in that one house, Mm. Bicentennial Man was on on our first day. Yeah, we watched it together, right? Yeah. I know, I've seen it. Oh, I guess I've seen it too. Yeah, with me. Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, it rules. It's like AI, but worse. Okay, finally, are we done here? Are we ready to read the synopsis? AI is good. The Haley Jalosman yeah. uh, picture? Yeah. The feature? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I've seen it once, so I don't know. Well, you got to check it out again. Anyway, Ganesha's geared up to read Ganesha's Boy in, the, in mirror. the Mirror. He's inhaled and he's ready to read. The Infinity Trials, book one by one Robert J. Uh, what did we decide on? Duper. Derriere. Duperrier. 15-year-old Jacqueline Talbot's boyfriend, Mal, lives in the mirror of her makeup case. Oh, cool. Tiny. I like it. Like a Polly Pocket. Cute. Oh. Oh. What was Polly Pocket for boys? There was a boy. Uh, I had a Darth Vader one. That was Darth Vader's head, and you opened it up. Uh, Shane, what you're thinking of is Mighty Max. That's Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Ganesh, but he asked a question, and you started talking about Darth Vader. I'm saying I had a fucking Star Wars Polly Pocket. What? They were called Polly Pockets? It was like the same line of uh, toys, yeah? Are you sure it wasn't a uh, Max? <laughs> what did I just, just said it? Mighty Max. Mighty Max. I did, guess. did you not have a Mighty Max? No. Oh, what? You had Polly Pockets, though? I had a Darth Vader head that opened up, and you had a little, oh, little mini. I had that, too. Well, I didn't have either. You know what I had? I had a Stretch Armstrong, and I broke it, and sand got everywhere. Oh, no. It was full of sand? That sounds like a knockoff. Nope. They all had sand in them. Anyway, let's hear the <laughs> let's hear the synopsis of. Uh, Hate to break it to you. Oh, that's fine. Like a little beach, but in your stretchy guy. That's kind of a nice treat after you crack open Hulk. Yeah, you know what I said. I said life's a beach, mom. Uh, Don't give me another one. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Then you lit a cigarette, and she poured you a, a chardonnay. A, yeah. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. There's never been anything normal about Jacqueline. Not during her time in foster care, and certainly not in her new hometown of Mercy Hills. With rumors of actual monsters in the woods, the popular kids taking an unhealthy interest in her, and the revealing of her own dark past, all Jacqueline wants to do is run away forever with Mal. You know, high school's a tough time when you have a dark past you need to hide, and the popular kids have uh, an interest in you. It happened to me. What was your dark past? Oh, I don't talk about that. Skateboarding? It was a skateboarding injury, yeah. Too bad he's trapped in the mirror. Full face replacement. I can only imagine what you looked like before. I looked way better. (laughs) But when she learns the ancient forces of the town want to destroy everything she loves, the race is on to free the boy in the mirror. Ooh. Because he just might be the only one who knows how to stop them. It's a matter of time until we sing. The song. The song. Okay. We're gonna, it's going to happen. We're going to owe some money to the Jackson estate. And they need it. Things have gone south. <laughs> They're penny pension. All right, what are we doing? Are we jumping ahead now? Or are we going to read the first page? We're going to start book? reading this book. What is this, like half an hour into the podcast? All right, about time. Let's read the first page of Boy in the Mirror. 
Alright. What are you doing down there, Ganesh? Oh, he's taking a sip of water. Shane, you got anything you need to do right now while we're recording? Take a rip of the jewel? Nope. Maybe pump some iron? Nope. Dip your nacho chip? Nope. I'm good. I'm Crack a Waterloo, perhaps? I'm professional, Maybe Jay. rip it on the toe flex? Nope. Nope. All Not right. buying your shit right now. All right. I'm ready to do the book. He's ready to do the book. I'm like, I gotta go soon. He's gotta go. It's bedtime. All right. Let's read. The I first gotta make some calls. He's got business calls. We're reading the first page of The Boy in the Mirror. Chapter one. The Bible was open in Jacqueline Talbot's lap, but she wasn't reading it. She forced her vision to go all glossy, and the words on the page melted into a series of thin black smears. That's a commandment, right? Thou'st never go glossy-eyed with thou'st Bible in thy lap. I, I think I've read that before. She wanted no part of sitting there with that book, but she was forced to read scripture in the living room for three hours a day, every day. <sighs> It's a long book. It's riveting. Papa Galeek. How long does it take to read? No clue. I'm going to... 2,000 years. How's that? 2,000 years in the making. The hottest book of the summer. The vibe. Papa Galeek told her it was because she was 15 and nearing womanhood and getting closer to God would help wash away the sin that had tainted her the hate, last five years. I hate to just go back to that, but I actually don't hate to do it. How long does it take to read the Bible, you think? Like, if you just sat down... If you were like, okay, I'm going to read this an hour a day... An hour a day? Yeah. Ooh. Like, not too long, right? It's not Probably that Probably a month, right? It's not that big of a book. Well, if you read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50 <laughs> you I'm can get you. that shit done in about 70 minutes. Episode 100. I've been saying it since the beginning. We're doing the Bible. Like, the first part of the sequel. Well, we should do, like, a children's Bible. You think we would gain listeners or lose listeners after we do that? We're no, holding steady no matter hard what. Hard to say. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't I think at this point we're just riding a, a nice, uh, what's the opposite of steep incline? It's just incremental. I'm saying we're not gaining or at this point. It's just like you're with us or yeah. you're against us. Yeah. And we got our first one star review today and I'm feeling a little peeved. You think the Bible's going to help that? No, I'm beyond that. I'm full of rage. Can Maybe you'll the, learn bring the demons out something from the Bible. Nah. Like, yeah, I think I could learn a thing or two. Mm. I got some good lessons in there, right? Sure. We'll see. Episode 100. David and Goliath. Is that in the Bible or is that a like an ace of no, fable? No, you fool. I thought those were characters in the cartoon Gargoyles. It's from um, Boys Life magazine or whatever. Oh. Goofus and Gallant. That's what they're from. <laughs> oh, they're in the Bible too? It's Gallant. Yeah, Goofus and Gallant. Adam and Eve. I don't know what I'm talking about. I and Tina, they were all there. But the only thing Jacqueline had ever learned from scripture was that God could be a great big prick, and he tended to make great big pricks of those who loved him most. I mean, she's not wrong. The doorbell rang, startling her. The Bible slipped between her legs, thudded on the floor. She hurriedly picked it up, leaned back against the soft couch cushions, and looked around. The only eyes on her were those of Jesus who gazed down from his portrait on the far wall. Ooh, his eyes following. His nostrils flaring. Clinking and clanking sounds came from the kitchen as Papa and Mrs. Galeek. Papa? Miss Gallick prepared for dinner. I liked Galeek. You just changed it? Like, you could have just stuck with it. It's a name. No one else sees what you're reading. Yeah, you could be making this up. You have all the power, You buddy. could change all the character names. I'd never know. I'd never know. I'd never think twice. The doorbell rang a second time. Unless you say, like, the doorbell rang a second time and Megatron walks through the door. Now that, I'd question I'd that. question it. But I'd go with you down that road. Jackie, can you get that? Papa Galick. Okay, now you can't do three different versions. Papa Gellick shouted, his tone cheery and sickly, sweet as usual. Hmm. Uh, 
That's perfect. Sorry, sorry. Let me take that again. Oh, Jackie, can you get that? Oh, I love you. It made Jacqueline's skin crawl. She closed the Bible and placed it on the coffee table in front of her just as her foster father appeared from around the corner. He was in his late 30s. Hmm, young. He looks like Mr. Bean. <laughs> but his eyes looked much older, tired even. Is this not Mr. Bean? <laughs> you kind of nailed it. As they stare down with faux niceness. Also, Mr. Bean. Mm. Come on, guys. I said, can you get that? He said again while wringing a dish rag in his hands. She nodded, stood up, and walked out the room as quickly as she could. Papa Gellick hated sluggishness as much as surprised guests. Papa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a little slug, Papa. And Jacqueline didn't want I'll to irritate him. clean up my him. trail. If she did, she might be forced to clean the entire house again. Anything was preferable to slaving away beneath Miss Gellick's critical eye. These Gellicks. Bad. They're bad. Remind me a little bit of the Dursleys from uh, Harry Potter. Mm. If, you, if you're familiar. They were just so bad. Yeah. They bad. were bad to the boy. Mm-mm. Yeah, this is, a, we, so we've got a little, maybe a little Harry Potter situation on our hands. Ooh, does she live in the cupboard? She lives in the cupboard. cupboard. Yeah. No. Well, it's like it's the like closet. Un- under the stairs. Yeah. Someone rapidly. Sorry, that always sounded cozy to me. Yeah, I'd love a little <laughs> cubby under the stairs. Did you have a house that had a little thing under the stairs? Yeah. yeah. That's where we kept our blankets. That's, That's where we kept our toys. Or like board games. Oh. Oh, yeah, we had a, a water heater in there, too. That's cozy stuff. It was warm. Tell you what, curl up in there. Read the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, ooh, with my little headlamp. Yeah, things I wish I did. Wasn't a big reader. Someone rapidly tapped their foot on the front stoop once she arrived at the door, and Jacqueline managed to pull it open before the bell rang a third time. A stunning older woman stood in the breezeway, her hair long, black, and wavy. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is Mr. Bean, also. <laughs> A dual roll? It's happened. Her hazel eyes sparkle like gemstones. Uh-huh. Her features mirrored Jacqueline's own from the slightly hitched nose to the high cheekbones. Am I wrong? To the light browned East Indian skin tone. Oh. Yep, yep. And upward arching eyebrows. She carried herself with confidence and pride, which made her entirely out of place in such a backward town as Colebrook, New Hampshire. She sounds hot. Yeah, much like Mr. Bean. I've never said that about a character or thought it. That's a hot character. <laughs> that description just what, did, what it did it for me. you? The, the high cheekbones? And that just the whole, it's all of it contributed. The East Indian skin tone? Pushed me over the edge. It's kind of like Ganesh. You know? But now that you mentioned I'm it. right here. What's up? Ugh, take this off air. All right. Well, is this more? Are there more? You must be Jacqueline, the woman said, her voice raspy yet sweet. And a raspy voice? You must be Jacqueline. Too raspy? It mm. wasn't really raspy. No, it was, it was more kind of like firm. More like mischievous. Yeah. You must be Jacqueline. Now, have you ever heard of um, Bonnie Raitt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Croon us. I was something to talk about. Come on. Give us that. You, you, I, just, I, I don't have a rate. No, I don't, I don't have a rate in me. <laughs> wow. All right. He didn't have it in him. Jacqueline nodded. How'd you know my name? The woman smiled wide and placed a hand on Jacqueline's cheek. Her palm was warm and silky. I came to see you, she said. Why else? Me? Yes, you. Oh, Okay. They stood there in silence for a few moments, examining each other. Jacqueline felt lost in the woman's eyes, which reminded her of her father's. Oh, silly me, the woman said with a laugh. I never introduced myself. I'm Mitzi Saren, but you can call me Aunt Mitzi. Wow. 
love to have an Aunt Mitzi. The Mitzster. It's a good name for an aunt. You ever you ever hear names like that? They're like, it's a good name for like an aunt or an uncle, but never like a friend. Or a father. Yeah. Or a mother. Right. My mother's not Mitzi. She could never be Mitzi. But an aunt, I could see an Aunt Mitzi. The woman held out her free hand. She had a plate covered with tinfoil and in the other. Tinfoil. And in the other. And Jacqueline tentatively shook it. You're my aunt? She asked. Yes. Your mother's sister, actually. I met you at her funeral. You were really young, though. You don't remember me? And I brought you these pigs in a blanket. Your favorite, Jacqueline. Let's stop there. Each lift it hung out to dry on that one. Um, hey man, who doesn't love some pigs in a blanket? I feel like it's a food that doesn't get its proppers. I like Everyone, it's, yeah, you see it at being served at a party and people scoff, people make little yeah, jokes. Who's, who's out there scoffing at I think pigs the, in a blanket? I think the name does a disservice. People think this is a childish food. Well, it's not. Adults call them little smokies. Well, that's when they're not in the blanket. That's just pigs. Tucked in little smokies. Tuckered smokies? No, I, I could go with that. Little sleepy smokies. Sleepy smokies. Ooh. They just got to rebrand a little. You're right. Just, pigs in a blanket? Okay. Cut it out. We're taking this to the shark tank. It's 2019. But we're going to put it on the list. All right, let's jump ahead now. What was what section was that? Was that the first page or the last page? We're just getting started. That was the first page. Here we go. 25% of uh, the boy in the mirror. Okay, here we go. 25% mark of the boy in the mirror. Chapter 12. It was her first day of senior year, and Hannah Phillips felt like a princess returning to her court. Her classmates pretty much bowed before her as she made her way through the halls. Lady. Anyone who was anyone wanted to know her, to speak with her, to be her. Damn. I want to be her. Girls showered her with desperate niceties. Boys stammered and stared. I would love to know what it's like to be the most popular girl in school. I'll never get to be that. You could go back to school. And be the most popular. I could. Oh. Go to grad school. I <laughs> You're right. Ah, this is all doable. I'm going to take a personal loan. The student body was her subordinates. She walked proudly through the crowded hall, hand in hand with her man. Ooh, the principal. Power couple. If Hannah was the princess of J. Robert Oppenheimer High, then... (laughs) Like the guy who invented the fucking nuclear bomb? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I am become death destroyer of worlds. Then Drew Cotterd was her prince. They both came from wealthy families. Hannah's father had made a small fortune working for J.P. Morgan Chase, Hmm. while Drew's dad owned a food distribution company that had warehouses all over the U.S. and was embedded in town politics. He's got that little smoky money. (laughs) Stacking smoky bucks. They had been dating since freshman year. These kids are rich as hell, huh? And they're the king and queen? Well, Marie Antoinette situation. Drew was fond of gift giving. He was a voracious lover. His family had money. Excuse me? And these are children. And though there were no promises they'd stay together after graduation, Hannah intended to go to Vassar, while Drew was slated to follow in his father's footsteps at Yale. Damn. It's the future president and uh, first lady of the United States. 
or maybe president and first husband. Their mastery of social politics could do nothing but help once they got to college. People nodded to them as they walked, even teachers. Actually, that's all wrong. All the kids in college who were popular in high school, like, seemed to be really fucking lame in college. You remember, you know that? What do you mean? We went to college with people that seemed, or that they were, like, popular in high school. But they weren't? They were frauds? They weren't, no, they were, but then when they get to college, they're, like, not cool at all. It is, I mean, it's a different thing. Yeah. I've been cool the whole time, so I don't know. I don't know what that feels like, but. Yeah, you've always been skateboarding and uh, walking through the halls with your sunglasses on. Yeah, I rip McTwists. While eating McRibs. People nodded to them as they walked, even teachers. Hannah put on her best smile. Even the teachers are nodding at these little dweebs. Ooh, you go get them. I'm a cool teacher, right? Yeah. Validate me. I'll sell you weed. (laughs) Hannah put on her best smile and returned the kindness. She beamed until she found a frowning face in the crowd. Ugh. Take him away! You frown at me, child! That frown belonged to a frumpy girl, probably a freshman, with messy hair, glasses, and a face covered in acne. To the dungeons with her! Hannah's exuberance faltered. She slowed her walk and tugged on Drew's hand. What's up? Drew asked. His blue eyes squinted when he stared over at her. Drew, my manservant. Take care of the beast. He was over six feet tall, which Hannah appreciated. At 5'10", she was used to boys looking up at her. A huge turnoff. For who? Probably the boys. I don't know. Or probably. And hear me out. Mm -hmm. The principal. One sec, Hannah released his hand and went to the nearest classroom. She pushed the door flat against the wall until she could see her reflection in the center window. Her raven hair was silky and perfectly styled, straight but for a pair of ringlets that framed her face. Oh, you gotta get those ringlets. Her makeup was flawless. The light sprinkle of golden eye shadow complementing her dark green eyes. My, my, my. This is her day. Royalty. This is, I mean. She went to great clips. The cross around her neck hung just low enough to draw eyes to her assets. Uh, uh, uh. She stood back from the glass, flipped her hair back with her hand, and then went to glower at the girl who had made her feel so self-conscious. But the girl wasn't looking. Bitch, she muttered. You look fine, said Drew. Of course I do. I like Drew. Drew laughed. (laughs) They continued down the hall. A pair of freshman girls looked their way and ogled before whispering excitedly between themselves. Oh, there she is, our queen. Three junior boys wearing letterman jackets slapped Drew high five and nodded at Hannah in respect and awe. Ah, showed deference to the lady. It was closing in on seventh period, the end of the first day of school. Strangely, Hannah almost felt sad. Guys, over here, called out a girl's voice. Hannah looked away from her doting subjects and spotted a small group hanging out in front of the auditorium along the school's central hub. Oh, I know what group this is. Oh, yeah? Stink Club. Oh, stinkers This is the Stinky Kid Club. Uh, Come on over and take a whiff. Hannah and Drew cut through the throng. Some stoner kid with long greasy hair stumbled in front of them. Drew gently nudged him, knocking him aside. The kid spun around Hey! He shouted, teeth grinding together. Ooh, he's rolling. (laughs) 
<laughs> Smoking PCP in the morning on the bus. Look out, Max. Drew said with a smile. The kid's expression softened. Sorry, Drew, he said and loped in the other direction. Drew chuckled and he and Hannah continued toward their friends. In the past, Drew would have snapped at the kid, but she had taught him well. Ooh, well trained. I I like this story of this girl who runs this school. Yeah, it's like a teen movie. Yeah, it's got me hooked. Can't be popular if you're always making enemies. Even so, she sort of missed Drew the alpha male. Not for the first time. She wondered if there was a drawback to having him leashed. Let him loose. Uncage the Drew. Todd Sowinger, Drew's best friend and a wideout on the school football team. Mm, nice calves. Came up to greet them. Hannah released Drew's hand and let the ritual of male bonding take place. What's that, a bunch of hand slaps? Yeah. Hand slaps and butt pinches. Knocking junk. Yeah. <laughs> Bumping cups. Oh. Gotta bump the cups. Drew and Todd embraced, slapping each other's backs so loudly the sound echoed down the hall. Drew grabbed... How many times? Dozen. They were bleeding through their shirts. It was such a manly uh, greeting. It's just a bunch of manly, hi, how are yous? Yeah. Like a masculine slap to the old back. Leave that handprint. Mm. Drew grabbed Todd's head. Oh, shit's getting a little rough and tumble. <laughs> of moving quick. Close cropped blonde hair and tousled it. Oh, yeah. In turn, Todd playfully punched him in the shoulder. Oh. You pussy. Whoa. Exclaimed whoa, Todd. Whoa, Todd. Project much? His wide, slightly off kilter eyes flitted first at his friend. <laughs> wide White eyed. said eyed freak. Well, you gotta have the wide eyes of your wife wide out again. That's true. You gotta see the ball from all angles. Then in the direction the punk kid had departed to. Hey, I would've knocked the sucker out. Sure you would've, Drew said with a smirk. Then you get suspended. Lot of good that'd do. Too true, brother man. <laughs> Too true. <laughs> you really slaving away over here, Ganesh. <laughs> Take a sip of that water, buddy. You're drying yourself out. <laughs> what are these doing these young boys? Inside of his Jeez. mouth might as well be a, a Stretch Armstrong. It's so sandy in there. Just don't pop the arms. Mm. That's where all the sand is. You want someone knocked out? You do it where no one can see you do it. Hannah smirked and approached a petite redhead with a dimpled smile. She bent over and they kissed on one cheek then the other. Ooh, European style. Wee wee, mademoiselle. Been too long, Phoebe, Hannah said. You too, your highness. Where you been all day? You know, <laughs> around. Hannah had known Phoebe Wolf since grade school. You know, here at school where I go to because I'm a kid and that's all I can do. They were opposite in almost every way physically. Hannah was <laughs> tall and lean. You come here often. Inheriting her mother's former model body while Phoebe was short and shapely. Phoebe was a cheerleader while Hannah was entrenched in less visible school clubs. She's part of the, the webbing of society, the backbone. The underground. And whereas Hannah radiated confident sexuality that seemed to frighten away most boys, Phoebe carried herself in a refined, almost prudish manner, making her more approachable. Is Phoebe like the hand to the queen? Mm -hmm. She's just there to do the dirty work. Yeah, Tyrion Lannister. Oh, they did say she was short and uh, shapely. Watch it. 
What? I didn't what say are you, it. a Tyrion stand? Jeez. Am I not allowed to say he's tall? Okay. He's, yeah. a, he's a big guy. He's a, he's a tall guy. Big son of a gun. You made it worse. We could have just left it where it was. Even their areas of study were opposed. While Hannah was taking a few college courses with an aim toward being a lawyer, and Phoebe entrenched in her AP science classes. Nerd. But they did have similarities. Both were extremely bright and driven, and they had climbed the social ladder by each other's side. Sounds like us. You look smashing, Phoebe said in a faux <laughs> British accent. Oh, nice. You do too, love. Hannah laughed back. She peered over her bestie's shoulder as the last two of their tribe, Jordan Thompson and Andrea Newsom, made their way over. Ooh, two sleepers. Watch out for them. Mm -hmm. She didn't much care for them. A couple of snakes in the grass. Let's stop there. Okay. Well, I like that. I would read a hundred years of that. <laughs> Don't know what's up with the boy in the mirror. Hopefully we'll see him soon. Uh, he's probably still there. Yeah, okay. okay. He's sleeping. He's um, like basically the Indian in the cupboard. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what your Harry Potter book would be called. All right, let's jump ahead now to the 50% mark of uh, The Boy in the Mirror. favorite let's jump in to the 50 percent mark of boy in the mirror so this question's been bugging me oh. for a while uh-huh well like a week so i woke up one day and i for some reason the saved by the bell theme was stuck in my head okay and i'm curious to know because i can't remember that show for the life of me what is it referring to when they say that they are saved by the bell the bell rang yeah, but like the whole song up until the part I can't remember is about him rushing to school and he's saved by the bell. Wouldn't the bell mean that you're in trouble if you're running late? Maybe. Or is he in like a bad social situation and the bell saves him because they all have to go to class? Wow, you really stumped me. Maybe he's shown up so late that he's reached the bell signifying the end of first period, <laughs> which would then just kind of put him on the normal trajectory of school. I just can't remember the jingle. If I heard the... It's all right. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's all I remember. But there's one thing. It's like, gotta go to school on time. I just know like, the, it's one of those songs that I just, know, yeah, I just know the sounds of it. When I wake up in Like, what? I don't know any of those words other than when I wake up in the morning. It might just and I'm not, I'm only like half sure that that's right. I'm just assuming you wouldn't be saved by the bell if you're running late at all. It has to be like there must be a lyric where he's like caught in the hallways and these bullies might be like trying to give him a swirly and he gets saved by the bell because they all get scared off. Saved by the bell is one of those titles like Back to the Future where it really struggled. You struggle to make sense of it. Why is it? I mean, I understand why it's called Back to the Future, but it's just when you first hear it, you're like, why? Mm -hmm. Same with Saved by the Bell. It's like, what does this all mean? It's just words that sound appropriate for the, the genre. So if any any listeners out there are real big bellheads, yeah, call in. Please let us know. Give fill us a us ring. In, fill in the blanks. Please. Anyway, what do we? Uh, Fifty oh, yeah, percent mark of uh, the boy in the mirror. Can you chapter twenty three? Thank you. 
The cafeteria buzzed more so than usual. Jacqueline stood in a line of students, tray in hand, working her way toward the serving counters. She stared at the sad-looking carrots, watery mashed potatoes, and roast beef. <laughs> oh, is it written that way? Or look was at that you! A... You're slipping in the way you talk. And now. roast beef that seemed a little too gray and frowned. The only other options were hamburgers. Cheeseburgers and chicken patty sandwiches. What? It's that accent. Not like, exactly healthy. Like Western Pennsylvanian. It's fun. That's what it is. Jacqueline's stomach rumbled. Mitzi usually had her lunch waiting on the counter in the morning, but her aunt had been away late for work again and overslept. It didn't help that with her working all the time, there hadn't been anything to make for lunch anyway. I actually liked school lunch. I would trade my lunch that I packed in the morning to other kids. You would trade. So Same dude. I would get their lunch money and I would eat school lunch. I never traded because oh, I felt I... like it was a special thing my mom made me and I don't want to give that away because I'm a good boy. Well, my mom would pack like a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. And made with love. I didn't like ham for like much of my early life. So you I didn't would just. Think, did you tell her? No. We had a good system going you on. Silently. I would trade it to this kid and he would give me his lunch money. And I would go in the line and get like a chocolate milk and whatever they were serving that wow. day. Wow, business-minded at a young age, so realizing that ham was a hot commodity among the your peers. My mom would ask me, "Do you like ham?" And I'd say, "Yes." Yes, extra, I knew extra ham, <laughs> mommy. Layer the ham. Ham and Swiss. Damn, I could go for ham and Swiss right now. You well, like ham now? I love don't ham you? and Swiss now. What were you doing? You say about all the ham and Swisses you lost out on? What do you trade them for? Lunchables. No, like the lunch like the school from the school lunch. lunch. Like oh, the, like people would go buy it and then trade with you? No, they'd give me their money and I would go buy it for myself. I don't understand the system. All right. I would just, it was a brown bag. Okay. I would give them the bag. Uh-huh. They would give me the money. Wait, but what else did you give them along with the sandwich? Like, Were you giving up like gushers and shit? No, dude. Probably like a banana or like, I don't know, like pretzels. Man, Ganesh, were you the kind of kid that was bringing gushers to school? I bet you were. Yeah, I brought you in see. gushers and Capri Sun. You, dude. oh man, that's perfect. But, you but, definitely look like the kind of guy that ate gushers as a kid. But. You're a gushers guy. What but, were you, fruit by the foot? I'm a Skittles man. My sandwiches though. Please, that's not lunch appropriate. That's candy. My sandwiches were un unfortunate. Uh, I mean, they were the ones that I had asked my mom to make. Well, you were vegetarian. Yeah. It was cheese. A lot of cheese. Uh, that sounds good to me. Mayonnaise. Yeah. And hot sauce. And one piece of lettuce. Okay, that's weird. And that's it. Was this a sandwich that she had... That, did you like this? Mm -hmm. Oh, I requested it. Oh, okay. That kind of explains the gushers now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, but I was basically eating mayonnaise and cheese sandwiches. Your palate was just blown out by the time you were like four years old. <laughs> just every flavor. Yo, mayonnaise and cheese sandwiches, man. Okay. You got, got that one piece of lettuce just to keep it from being like a texture overload. I'm as big a proponent mm -hmm. as anybody as cheese and mayonnaise, but mm -hmm. it's just, it feels like you need something else. I guess the lettuce is what you do. Yeah. I didn't have real mayonnaise until I was 18 years old. What? You were, you're a Miracle Whip kid. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, so I always thought, I was like, mayonnaise sucks because I grew up with Miracle Whip and then I had like real mayonnaise and I was like, wow, this is really good. It's delicious. Love mayonnaise. I'd eat it by the spoonful. If I had some, maybe I will. I, I got some in my fridge right now. It's, got, right. it's a squirt bottle. You can squirt it right in your mouth. Oh yeah. All right. I got something to do after this. All right. Finish the book so I can get to my mayonnaise. She got a small helping of the sad looking vegetables and a bottle of spring water. She had to give her student ID card to the woman manning the cash register since she had no money on her. Put it on my tab. Then she left the line and headed toward the back of the cafeteria. On her way past the senior's table, she looked for Todd. He was there as usual, joking with his friend Drew. Ugh. 
Love that guy. He glanced up, his eyes met hers, and he smiled and waved. Jacqueline blushed, gnawed on her lip. Ooh. Ask me over, ask me over, ask me over. But he didn't. She then noticed Jordan Thompson and Andrea Newsom were looking at her as well. As oh boy, did I shit my pants again. <laughs> you called them out before, right? Were these the two that you said to watch out for? Yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. yeah, they are. You might be vindicated. As was Hannah Phillips. In fact, it seemed most of the senior table gawked at her. Embarrassed, Jacqueline flipped her hair so it fell in front of her eyes and hurried toward her isolated corner. When she reached an open seat, she glared at the ugly yellow molded plastic chair as if it had just insulted her dead mother. A couple of stoner kids sitting at that table stared blankly at her. Jacqueline looked back at Todd, who'd resumed talking to his friends. That group of seniors seemed so tight-knit that nothing could ever break them apart. That was something she wanted, and right then she realized that she hadn't been fighting hard enough to get it. She took a deep breath, drew her head back, and strode across the cafeteria to where the otaku clan sat. Oh, what? Like the Yakuza? Marching right up to them, she deliberately put her tray down on the table. Four heads turned. Jacqueline pulled out her chair, a book bag sitting where her butt should be. Seats taken, Annette said with a glare. Oh, is that little mean kid from Forrest Gump. <laughs> Seizing the leg. Seats taken. <laughs> you can sit here if you want. Seizing the leg of the chair, holding it in place, the rest of the clan remained silent. No, it's not, Jacqueline said. She pulled at the chair, wrenching it from Annette's grasp. Jacqueline set the book bag on the ground before slipping into her seat and inching closer to the table. All eyes were on her. Ronnie seemed uncomfortable. Neil bemused and Olivia fascinated. So many names coming at me. They're just nonsense to me. Yeah, just kids. Why are you here? Annette asked. <laughs> Is this the South or have you just taken liberties? This Annette, tape. Annette's new to the school. Oh, right. No, she's a transfer. Keep up. This table's for friends only. I just felt like something like that was said best in a southern accent. Just no. telling someone else they can't sit somewhere. You're right. Yeah, that's right. a, you know. That's definitely a, a hallmark of the South. Do you Je think they're ever going to remake Forrest Gump? No. Put in like one of those Hemsworths? <laughs> yeah. Chris Hemsworth Jr. in 2050. I could see it. Gary Sinise is still Lieutenant Dan. Well, he's got to be. Yeah. Jacqueline. CGI. Like the way they did with Carrie Fisher. And it's going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> CGI Lieutenant Dan with the clone of Chris Hemsworth. But he won't have a wheelchair. He'll have a hover round. Yeah. Jacqueline speared a sad carrot with her plastic fork, plunked it into her mouth, and chewed. Yum. I am your friend. I love carrot. You don't get veggies from, from the school cafeteria. No way. Get the fucking pizza or the tacos. Or the Skittles. It's quality control. They're all the same. She said after she'd swallowed. Not after what you did, Neil said. Exactly, Annette said. Her friend's stare seemed hostile. Jacqueline put down her fork and folded her hands in her lap. She looked at each of the otaku in turn. What exactly did I do? Annette rolled her eyes. You moped around for weeks like your dog just died. Then you suddenly seemed better. I thought you wanted to bond, but you used us. You brought us someplace we didn't want to be and abandoned us to be with a jerk none of us like. You know what those other boys said to me after you left? Mm. They scared me. And I hate being scared. Where is the boy in the mirror? He can save the day. Get the mirror. Get him out. Let him take care of this. Jacqueline nodded, waiting for someone else to chime in. When none did, she took a deep breath and channeled her inner Mitzi. I'm sorry. 
she told Annette. You're right, I was selfish, but aren't we all sometimes? And besides, you should be honored. I found out a boy liked me and it scared me, so I turned to you to protect me. Let's stop there. Okay. Um, very interesting. So she ran up against the popular kid dynamic that we heard so much about. Mm -hmm. That you just couldn't get enough of. I couldn't. I loved it. I want to relive it myself. Would you approach them, the popular tribe? No, 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 no. Never. I'd sit back in the shadows like a creep, grunting. You probably made fun of them. I made fun of them? Mm hmm Yeah, to like my three friends. I didn't have a huge audience back then. Like I do now. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, you ready to jump ahead? <laughs> what was that 50 we're doing seven? i should pay attention to this fucking podcast i'm on it here comes the 75 percent <laughs> mark of uh the boy in the mirror when's that little sucker coming out okay here we are the 75 percent mark of the boy in the mirror Let's see that mirror. Can you show me the mirror? Chapter 37. God. Okay. The pastor's sermon was some nonsense about Powerade and Gatorade. Somehow Powerade was supposed to represent Christianity, while Gatorade was the unbelieving masses. Cola wow. Wars. They got it all mixed up. Yeah. They made I, themselves the worst thing. Powerade is so bad. Yeah. It can't hold a candle to Gatorade. Where does vitamin water fall in the mix? Terrible. Terrible? It's not, it's not even the same thing. It's just like soda. They actually got sued a lot. It's it's not even like healthy or good neither is Gatorade. Gatorade's got like 60 grams of sugar in every fucking bottle. It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, true. It's all garbage. Drink water. Maybe like a bubbly water, a seltzer. Just normal water. Be a human being and drink a flat water. Yo, have you ever taken a Gatorade and put some Sprite in it? That no. shit tastes good. What are you even trying to do? That's What's that about? Well, that seems like you're defeating the whole purpose of Gatorade, which is to be like a sports drink. You know, it's funny. You don't a... want carbonation bubbling up around in there when you're balling out. <laughs> as yeah, a... you do. You get barb in people's faces. It's like a secret <laughs> weapon, man. <laughs> as a kid, I thought Gatorade, I liked Gatorade because I was like running around and I was like, Oh, I'm like in those commercials. My sweat's going to come out all colorful. And then now as an adult, I look at Gatorade I'm, and I only consider buying it if I'm hungover. I'm always like, that's the only reason. I'm yeah. like, give me that. That's refreshing. That I do like a refreshing Gatorade every now and then. I it's never not healthy. Think, it's not good for you. Never think to drink it. It's like a soda. It's, it's like, like hangover stuff. Drink Pedialyte. No, I did that once. It was not good. It, it helps though. It worked. Yeah. It tastes like shit. Ah, I liked it. Chugged it. Yum, cherry. Drew didn't get it. The whole sermon was totally random. And what the hell did any of it have to do with Christmas? He pulled his phone out of his pocket and checked the time. It was just past 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I hate this, he whispered. Do you think Santa, after a big night of dishing gifts, pounds a little Gatorade, replenish his <laughs> electrolytes? He's probably got a couple up there. For the road? You think he's a Gatorade guy? I he's drinking he that light blue Gatorade. He's not drinking you it. You think he's doing light blue, not lemon doing, lime? Uh, glacier freeze. I'm sorry. Santa's not drinking an in-house elf-made version, uh, their own uh, sport drink. Oh, he probably got a, He probably signed a sponsorship. Dude. Oh, he's got a licensing agreement? Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Gingerbread flavored. Yeah, gingerbread flavored. Yeah. This one's milk. Shush, 
said Hannah, sitting in the chair next to him. Pretty meta. That's for us, too. She stared straight ahead, her green eyes half-masked. She hated church as much as Drew did and snuck her mom's anti-anxiety medicine to drift through the service. Yikes. She's in a dark place, it seems like. Drew knew how she felt, but he couldn't stand the glossy-eyed, vacant expression the pills gave her. She could use a little introduction to my man, Jesus. Or, you know... Have you heard the good news? No, turn that frown upside down with some snooters. Snooters! Come on, snooters. Snooters! Yeah, they're good in church. They're the good. The Lord loves them. Recently, the Lord's drugs. We've just announced an endorsement deal with Christ. That's he's, right, folks. The Lord. He's loving it. He's loving snooters. snooters. It's snooting time. He shook his head. At least she still looked gorgeous. Her makeup just right. Her hair pinned back and curled to perfection. Did somebody say snooters? Snooters. Her frilly top slung low enough to reveal a hint of cleavage. He drooled at the thought of ripping that top off of her. Ugh. Are these people in high school? What Am I lost? Yeah, you never had thoughts like that in high school? Well, I don't want them read back to me as an adult. Where's your journal? Where's my journal? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you like to know? I would. I want to see what you wrote. And also, I want to look at what your handwriting looks like. It's beautiful. Decadent. Calligraphy. Do you write in cursive or script? Or a little bit of both? I never write in cursive in my life, do you? Mine's a blend of it. I don't write much with my hands at all. What? You don't keep a journal? I keep my hands in two airtight containers so they look fresh and nice uh, whenever I do my modeling gigs. Hand modeling. <laughs> I got it. Anyway, I don't, the joints <laughs> don't work well with pens and pencils, so keep them uh, extended at all times. As an adult, have you ever actually gone back and read something that you've written as a kid? Yeah. Sure. Last time I went home uh, to my parents' house, I found a journal that I had kept as, I guess, like a sixth grader, and it was just sit sitting out on a table, which meant that <laughs> one of my parents was like reading it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then I, so I went back and read it, yeah. and I was really embarrassed. What'd you say? I wish you had it. What is it? I, I, what were some, of, what were some of the themes? Was it like... Boners. There was a lot of boner talk. <laughs> there's a lot of boner. There's a lot of boner talk. A lot of lists. A lot of lists in there. Like uh, celebrity boners. crushes. Yeah, best boners I ever had. <laughs> uh, age nine. A little special list of birthday boners. <laughs> this goes out to all the boners on my birthday. It was like a list of two at that time. <laughs> I had one boner on my twelfth birthday. And another on my top. That's it for birthday boners. <laughs> TBA on number three. The pastor finished his sermon, and the band started up an alt-rock version of Oh Come All Ye Faith. Oh Come All Ye Faith. <laughs> the congregation sang along, including Hannah. Drew cringed. Noticing his father staring at him from farther down the row, so was his mother, her blonde hair done up in a bun, her eyes painted with, uh, with a severe shade of blue. <laughs> Makeup that could only be described as severe. A natural look. Whenever uh, there's like any kind of blue makeup, I think of um, Mimi from Drew Carey. <laughs> any blue makeup at all? Anytime you see any woman with even a tasteful amount of blue makeup? I mean, blue is like a color you just like don't see on a face very often. And that character just had blue and on just your mind the goes there. Mm -hmm. I get it. Even Blue Men Group. I'm like, oh, Mimi from Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> is that three Mimis up there? Yeah. 
three screaming memes. True faced forward, melting the words as they appeared on the pull-down screen beside the pulpit. When church ended, Drew stood up and dutifully shook the hands of those around him. Hannah gave out hugs to both men and women alike. Ooh! Some of the men lingering in their embraces longer than they should. Some of the women taking a sniff. Pride welled in Drew's chest. I'm the one who gets to take those clothes off of her later, he thought with a smile. Just standing in the corner, beaming, just thinking to himself. I have a secret. Who's no one knows Who's this guy smiling his big toothy grin in the dark corner over there i thought drew was your guy he still is my guy but i'm open for business there's a lot of guys out there what happened to hannah something's fishy i'm a little curious myself glad to see you in such good spirits today drew came a male voice drew faced mr phillips hannah's dad oh <gasps> Mr. Hannah. The man held out his hand and he shook it. Good to see you. G good to see you too, sir. She replied. Always respectful. I like to see that in a boy your age. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Phillips nodded. <laughs> Thank you. And returned to his model wife's side. Ooh, Mr. Phillips. Killing it. Mrs. Phillips was tall and gorgeous like her daughter. And given the blank look in her eyes, she enjoyed doping her way through the services too. Yikes, the Phillips lead a dark, devilish life. They should pray, yeah. and maybe in their stockings they'll receive some snooters. snooters. Oh, the Lord's draw. You're gonna want these Christ-like snooters. snooters. Drew had to laugh at that. Now in wafer form. Hannah's arm snaked over his shoulder. Soft lips kissed his cheek. What are you doing? She asked. Nothing. We should get out of here. She nibbled his ear. I'm needy. Okay. Hmm. Let me say bye to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> bye, mom. Bye, dad. I gotta go bang Hannah. <laughs> he turned around to look for his father, but instead caught sight of the Thompson family on the other side of the room. Ugh, oh, no. Dirty Thompsons. Could you imagine if someone just thought to themselves about your whole family, the just the dirty so-and-sos? Those ragged burklos. <laughs> There's the stinky Sarmas coming down the block. Why stinky? Oh, why why the, stinky for the me? The horrible Hannahs. The horrible Hannahs are coming this way. Yeah, our families are all in like a Dallas-style feud. <laughs> <laughs> Over land, no less. And oil. Yeah? Ooh. Are we reading more? The finest crude for our brood. Texas tea. Mr. Thompson walked with a limp, his wife with her shoulders held back as if a broom had just been shoved up her ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me? Are you sure it didn't say ass just normally? Ass. 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 All right. Reader's choice. Jordan and his older brother were just behind them, seeming uncomfortable. People greeted them with kind hellos. But when their backs were turned, those smiles became frowns. Mm -hmm. Replaced with... Uh Hateful goodbyes. The Thompsons were one of only three black families who frequented Vulgate Presbyterian. Yikes. And certainly the least well-off and most liberal, which didn't make them many friends. Didn't realize this dynamic was happening. Ooh, so this is a pretty gross town. Yeah, fuck this place. Jordan glanced in Drew's direction. Drew flipped him the finger. Jordan, Jordan seemed to deflate as he stared at the back of his father's head and kept walking out of the church. A hand fell on Drew's shoulder. I know, Hannah. I know. He said, pivoting. Hold on. Let me get my... Alexander Cotter stood before him, eyes narrowed, brow stern. Son, we need to talk. Um, okay, Dad. Drew said nervously. But first... Now. Uh, fine. 
Dad, I have a burner to add to my list. Drew found Hannah chatting with Phoebe Wolf and a couple other girls that had been raised in Volgate's youth ministry program. Babe, I need a rain check, she frowned. Why? Drew gestured toward his father. Dad wants to chat. Will I still see you tonight? Don't know. I'll call you when I'm done. Drew? Now. Alexander shouted over the din of conversation. Daddy mad. Jesus effing Christ. <gasps> oh. Drew muttered. Take that Lord's name in vain. Let's stop there. Oh. Where's uh, the boy in the mirror? Maybe we're all the boy in the mirror. <sighs> It rings true. Let's jump ahead to the last page. Right? Maybe they haven't hosed the mirror off yet. They gotta clean that mirror. Put a little elbow grease into it. The last page of The Boy in the Mirror is now. this thing up ganesh please read us the last page of the boy in the mirror the so-called boy in the mirror a high-pitched whine charged the air and the naked body of a man fell through the spinning blue disc is this enough boy for you Austin? yeah damn what this is great he struck the ground hard and bounced crying out in pain <laughs> Youch! The portal that had been sealed by the mirror that had guarded it for over a century festered and weakened. Damn, the boy's out of the mirror. Wisps of cloud and bits of stardust spurting from the remaining tendrils of light. This sounds awesome. Where was all this before? This is right up my alley. Yeah, God, put that boy back in the mirror. No, don't. Let him do his thing. I want to see him go in and out and in and out. Until the gateway collapsed in on itself and the basement was cast into darkness once more. The fallen man groaned, aching all over. For a moment, he shit. <laughs> that smarts. For a moment, he feared his every bone was broken. But when he tried to move, his body still worked. He gritted his teeth and rose to sitting, wrapping his arms around his slick, naked body as he shivered. Don't look at my body. Brr. It was cold here. So cold. Must have been toasty in the mirror if he was hanging loose like that. <laughs> Don't look. It's cold in here, I promise. It's a lot bigger in the mirror. I feared you wouldn't make it, spoke a voice in the darkness. Well, I have. <laughs> of course, that's this guy. The fallen man said. Now I'm kind of glad we didn't meet the boy in the mirror. <laughs> it's freezing. Do you have a blanket? Oh, no. So indignant. Of course, my prophet. A match was struck and a candle lit, bathing the basement in dim light. Where's Hannah and Drew in the gang? And Jackie. And Aunt Muskie or whatever. The shadowy figure of another man approached. This one tall with a head of slicked back black hair. Okay. The man's eyes were opened wide in reverence. Sounds like Tony Robbins. He reached out with a heavy down comforter. The fallen man wrapped it around himself, bathing in its blessed warmth. Is everything in order? The fallen man asked. The second man nodded. It is. You are here. The first trial is complete. The second is in motion. What? 
What's happening? In our covenant. Weak, the second man said. Weak. Inclining his head as if in shame. Our numbers are few. I have called out to the others, requesting support. And will they come to us? At that, the second man grinned. They will have no choice, my prophet. None can deny the glory of K-Rat. <laughs> K-Rat? This is giving me some, like, Hellraiser vibes. Yeah. Where... This is the same book as before. Remember when it was just a innocent teen? I wanted thing. where'd the teen drama go? Good. The fallen man winced at the pain in his spine. Do you have what I need? Yes, my prophet. The box is waiting for you. Good. Now, if you would, please help me up. I'm weak from my journey. <laughs> Passing between worlds is tiring. Oh, this guy's such a whiner. Yeah, total a-hole. Yes, my prophet. Alexander, please stop calling me that, the fallen man said. I have a name. You know it. It's K-Rat. Use it. My apologies, Yusef. It will not happen again. Oh, Yusef, tasteful. Cat Stevens is here? Good. Alexander Coddard helped him rise to his feet. The fallen man felt so weak, it hurt just to breathe. Hopefully his recovery wouldn't take long. There was much he had to do. He stumbled along, his arm wrapped around the high prince of K-Rat's neck. Oh, it's like a place. Mm. K-Rat. Beautiful this time of year. The light from Alexander's candle reflected in another mirror buried in a pile of discarded junk. He glanced at his reflection, at his head of silver, at his head of sliver hair, his gray eyes, his slender nose. Silver made more sense. Well, I'm just reading what's on the damn page. He has one little, uh, like, frump of hair. <laughs> one sliver. He's like the Homer on The Simpsons. He has one <laughs> strand of hair that it starts on one side and ends on the other side. Perfect. He almost didn't recognize himself. Mal couldn't help but smile. Yeah, it's good to be back. The end. Ah. Okay. Well, damn. We got to see a mirror do some stuff. A guy fell out of the mirror and is the devil or something. And meanwhile, teen drama, Degrassi style. They went there. Yikes. What a mashup that didn't work for me. Um, <laughs> who should we cast in this as a movie? Okay. Hannah. Who plays Hannah? Who are you thinking? Early 2000s Lindsay Lohan. That's great. I was going to say Regina George. Oh, 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 okay. What's her name? Uh, Rachel McAdams? Yeah. Okay. Ganesh, you want to go with a non-mean girl's answer? <laughs> Can you? I was thinking... Anna Kendrick. Burnt. Wow. Preemptively burnt to you. I didn't even say that. Okay. What are you going to say? Brie Larson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Young Brie Larson. Yeah. I can see that. Now, who plays Drew, the big hulking behemoth husband? I didn't see him as big and hulking. Boyfriend. I saw him as, as like a... In my mind, he was like her... He was just like the the pack mule. No, he was to, like the all-American... the bidding of... Uh, like, dumb jock. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. What about the bad guy in Karate Kid? Oh, yeah. But like the same, the same age he is right now. William Zabka? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. How about the good guy in Karate Kid? Ralph Macchio. Mm, you don't see this as a macho? Nah. nah. I saw wow. this as like a Dave Franco. Okay, I can see that. Now, who else? I, there was a whole bunch of other characters that I couldn't really get a, a handle on. You got Jackie. Some moms. You got some dads. You got Jackie. Okay, Jackie. Who we think of her Jackie? Edie Falco, Nurse Jackie. Oh, <laughs> all right. Word association. Ganesh, you got anybody for Jackie? Yeah, like a mid-90s Christina Ricci. Oh, all right. I was thinking like uh, right now Christina Ricci. Perfect. Okay. Who else? What about the guy that was um, banging cups with Drew? Oh, cup bangers? Mm hmm Oh, that's got to be, ooh. Was he a stoner, perhaps? No, no, no. Stoners don't wear cups. This was another- uh, Oh, it was another job. I know. This is definitely 1980s Emilio Estevez. Ooh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. 
What about the aunt? Oh, Mitzi? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mimi from the Drew Carey show. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Is that it? Is that everybody in the uh, The Dark Lord. Oh, well, Oh, of the guy that falls out? Os- well, Oscar Isaac. Well, I was tiptoeing around this the whole time, mm-hmm. and it seems like nothing ever stuck, so I'm going to have to just say Mr. Bean. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're right. It's a naked Mr. Bean fell out of the thing. Apologies to Oscar Isaac. We've gone with Mr. Bean for the role. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's great. That's the end of the book. It was rewarding. It it was. It uh, was. Yeah, we had a good time. Thanks to Morris Reese for our music. Thanks to Chris Linquist for our artwork. Thanks to you for listening. You can find us at bookclubpodcast.com, AMZN Book Club on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash AMZN Book Club. If you give us $5 a month, we will give you two premium episodes, if you can believe it. And then well, what else? Give us a call. We have a phone number. Ganesh, give me that number. 567-309-0357. All right. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, is that it? Is that everything we do? Okay. Case uh, closed. Case closed, everybody. You can uh, put a fork in us because we are spent. We're we're finished.